Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is new to Missoula. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also find Northwest Motorsport online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Dot com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Ton to get to today. You want to listen to the show anywhere besides 1029 ESPN Radio or SWX Montana Television? You can. You can stream it. All you got to do is head to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Or you can get it on YouTube. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. You want to be a part of this show? Or you want to win great prizes that we give away on this show? We're going to give you a basket of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as part of our Wing It Wednesday. All you got to do is call or text in fantasy football advice. We'll do that about 445-406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Our guests will join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. And we do have 
a basket of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you coming up. So all you got to do is just call or text and ask and or give your fantasy football advice. Just whatever you got going on with the fantasy football team. You want to know who to play or who not to play? Hopefully my advice is not binding because I'll let you know a little secret. I'm not the greatest in the world at fantasy football, but I do love talking about the NFL, and I, I can at least help guide you a little bit in terms of rationale. I also think I might just not be the greatest. That might actually just be a perception in my mind because I actually do pretty good in most of my leagues. It's my league with my brother and all his friends that I just get my butt kicked. But it's because these guys, they're like pros, man. They should all go pro. It's unbelievable. Regardless, we're going to do that about 445. But before that, a couple great colleagues from SWX Montana going to join me. Sean Rainey, sports director at SWX. He uh, was coming in every Wednesday for quite some time. and appreciate him for taking so much time because he's a busy guy. Not only is he producing some of the best TV content you got out there, but he's also a dad. He's got two little kids. He's also got himself a little golf habit. You know, he's got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, regardless, Rainey, he can't be here in studio today, but we did catch up. And uh, also, I was at SWX last night, and we recorded uh, the first Make It Rainy podcast as well. So we have some NFL analysis and also some gambling betting lines to analyze as well. So Sean and I will get into that here right off the top. Also from SWX Montana, Alex Eshelman will join us about 4.30. She's a reporter in Bozeman. She's doing a great job covering Montana State as well as high school sports around the Gallatin Valley. It's our Montana State Minute. She'll give us a little bit of an insight on the Gold Rush game last week in Bozeman and uh, what it's like covering this Bobcat team so far. Hour number two, this is really fun. I recorded this interview yesterday, but this guy is a guy that I've been fascinated with for a long time. He's Dale Lindsay. He's the head coach of the University of San Diego. Dale Lindsay brings his Toreros to Bozeman on Saturday. It's the only game in the state of Montana, Big Sky Conference level. The Grizzlies, they got a bye. But Dale Lindsay's 78, almost 79 years old. He's been the head coach at San Diego since 2013. But before that, a life of football mostly spent in the NFL. He played in the NFL from 1961 to 1974. Then he coached in the NFL for 27 seasons. Coached players like Junior Seau and Brian Erlacher. He's definitely one of the best linebackers coaches that the NFL has seen and a guy that's finishing up his career in the beauty and on one of the most beautiful campuses in the United States, uh, in San Diego. But this is a good interview because we talked a little bit about the game, but we more talked about football philosophies and just his life of football. I mean, what a guy to have on the show, right? I mean, he's been in NFL camps for nearly three decades, and now he's at a non-scholarship FCS school, which comes with its own challenges. But I'll give you a little tease. Dale Lindsay has never owned a computer. That's his claim to fame. And he's got a playoff football team without owning a computer. So there is ways around being uh, just completely upholding to, to modern-day technology. But we'll have a great time welcoming in Dale Lindsay for our ESPN roundtable. And then finally, another new segment for you, River City Runners. We're going to chronicle running in the Missoula community and around the state of Montana. And we're going to do it at the college, high school levels, but also any local runners. There's always running events going on in Missoula and around Montana, both Missoula, Bozeman, Great Falls, Helena. A lot of cities in Montana are outstanding running cities, running communities. And so we're going to highlight people that have to do with the great sport of running, whether it's cross country, track and field, uh, just fun running, extreme running, extreme distance running, all that stuff. And so this week we'll be joined by Diego Hammett. He's the head coach for the Sentinel Spartans cross country team. 
The Spartans are the defending state champions on the boys' side and uh, also look like among, if not the favorites, uh, this season as well. So stay tuned for that, the debut of our River City Runners. Well, we are all about the cross promotions these days. One of my favorite guys to rap about all things sports with, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining us here on Nuanas now. If you've been paying attention, Sean and myself, both, fancy ourselves a little bit. I don't know about aficionado or expert yet, but definitely participants uh, in the world of sports gambling. And we also love the NFL. And so Sean is entering his second season with a great uh, podcast, the Make It Rainy podcast, presented by Paradise Falls. And uh, Make It Rainy, where Sean gives a lot of his best picks of the week. I'll be chiming in from time to time on the Make It Rainy as well. But this sort of gives us a framework not only to talk about betting lines in the NFL and uh, pick some winners and losers against the spread, but also... Just gives us a chance to talk about the NFL as well. So, Sean, before we get to the gambling element of it, last week as a whole, the NFL, crazy as always. It's always so surprising to me how crazy it still seems like it is when it's been away for uh, the offseason. Uh, but just your thoughts or just your feelings on having the NFL back in the fold? Oh, it was awesome. It was incredible. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, it was just a lot of fun to, you know, be able to watch all these games and with fans in the stands. And I don't know. If, I mean, for people that – are into, you know, fantasy and sports betting and just football in general. I mean, it's heaven, man. It doesn't get any better. It was awesome. Couple uh, broad storylines to touch on. First and foremost, I thought the most surprising result of the weekend. And one that was a feather in my cap, at least for one game. It's only one game sample size, but I like Jameis Winston. I always have. I know he's a polarizing figure, but they rolled it up on the Green Bay Packers 38-3. to uh, your thoughts on Jameis Winston's debut at the New Orleans Saints? Well, I I played the Saints win total over because I thought that uh, they were being kind of overlooked because, you know, Brady retires and blah, blah, blah. Um, they're just a good team, man. Their defense is still really good. And as long as Jameis doesn't turn the ball over, but I think that will be – He'll be kept in check by Sean Payton in that off and in, in that offense, and he's just such a good offensive mind and coordinator that I think they'll just rein him in a little bit. And as long as he doesn't make the mistakes, I mean, he's a really good quarterback. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Saints were uh, definitely one of the more impressive teams in Week One for sure. On the flip side, the Packers look terrible. Do you think that the Aaron Rodgers uh, saga that consumed the offseason had any impact on the Packers just coming out totally flat? I don't know. I feel like the Packers always have one of these games, you know, like remember sure. last year at Tampa or they just like were flat. I don't, that's what the Packers are weird. I don't, that's why I don't, I don't, I just don't like Aaron Rodgers, man. Um, he, he just, he does this from time to time. It looks like he doesn't care. Like that, that deep ball that he had, that was a pick was just like, just flinging it up there for fun. Like, I don't know. Um, kind of turned off by Aaron Rodgers and that whole saga. And then you come out and lay an absolute egg like that in week one, like, I don't know. If I was a Packers fan, I'd be kind of upset. And I'm just kind of tired of their drama. Like, just go out there and play and, and give me your 100% effort. And I don't know. I, I stayed away from that game for a variety of reasons. And I'll probably stay away from the Packers for a little while until I get a better feel and they show me that they're, you know, fully ready to go as far as betting lines. 
couple other surprising winners of the weekend and that probably messed up a lot of people's bets, a lot of people's picks, a lot of people's parlays, all of the above. The Eagles beating the Falcons, I don't know if that was necessarily a game a lot of people were even betting on because it's sort of a weird one. But the Bengals beating the Vikings definitely was one that hurt a lot of a lot of betters out there. And uh, the Bills blowing a late lead to the Steelers. Uh, so what did you think of it? I mean, the one, number one thing from a gambling, gambling aside, the number one thing from an analysis standpoint, right, is that week one overreactions always consume all of us, but you have to sort of temper those, right? Yeah, for sure. I'd love the that was what I mean, I was all over the Eagles. Um, I mean, you're talking about a team that was better than Atlanta on the offensive line, better than them on the defensive line, and probably kind of a wash in other places. I was all over uh, Philly in that game. Loved, loved that bet. Um, but, yeah, now week two is kind of where you kind of, you know, can kind of go against, you know, some of the trends, um, you know, especially when, you know, Minnesota looked bad. Arizona looked amazing. Arizona's now four-and-a-half-point favorites. You know, the general public is going to be all over Arizona, so that's probably a spot where, you know, the, the sharper betters are going to go in on Minnesota just because of the overreaction, that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think that's just where, like, the novice better um, can get stuck in some scary situations based on just kind of the overreactions because it's not – it's, it's all about the, what the number is and finding value in that number, not what you think of that team. You know, you might be down on the Vikings and up on the Cardinals after week one, but should that number be four and a half or should it be two and a half? You know, so that's, that's where you, you, the sharp, that's what separates the sharper betters from the beginning betters. And so it's just finding value in those numbers and just trying to find a way to attack, you know, each game. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, joining us here. Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television all around the great state of Montana. Pretty crazy to think the way that the uh, sports gambling world has become, it's been a tipping point. It's been a windfall moment. It's been almost fully accepted. You see DraftKings and Caesars and all these companies advertising on NFL games now, which even a couple years ago would have seemed like blasphemy, would have seemed almost unethical and unsavory to be sure. So what do you think of just this phenomenon, Sean? Because now here we are, even when we started dabbling in this from a podcast form, it was a little tenuous. And now we're talking about it all the time, all over the place. So what do you think of just the way this phenomenon's taken off? Well, as someone that partakes, I mean, I love it. I think as, as long as you're responsible with it, it's just a, it's, a, it's just an awesome way to make, you know, it all entertaining and actually like, you know, this has all been going on for so long, but now that it's kind of above board and can be regulated, it's, you know, almost better than it was when it was, you know, had a lot of shadiness to it. Um, and I, you just have to be responsible. Like that's the only thing. And I know like, you know, but that's the same thing with, you know, alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever, like people are going to do what they do. So like you, you just got to be responsible um, with it. And I mean, we're going to, a decade from now, we're going to see sports books in every single at every single stadium at every single sporting event where you could just place your bet right there. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be huge. Um, every state's gonna have it, um, and, and it's gonna be a massive, massive market and audience. And but I will say this: I mean, there's a reason why um, that it, it that it exists, and that's because the 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 books are all going to, they're always going to make money off the public. I mean, that is just how it is. So I think there's a lot of people that get into it thinking they're going to make all this money. That's, that's not going to happen. 
very, very, a very small percentage of people actually consistently use it as a vehicle to make money. And I think you just have to go into it knowing that mindset and just having your entertainment budget. And that's where you use the money from and just say, Hey, whatever I bet, as long as I'm comfortable losing that entire amount, then that's what I'm comfortable betting, then go for it. Um, but do not go into it with the mindset of like, Oh, I know a lot about football. I'm going to, I'm going to make money doing this because it has nothing. A lot of it has nothing to do with how much you know about football. It's a way it's attacking the market, knowing numbers, knowing math. There's so much more to it than just, I know football. Man, that is so true. That was the number one lesson I learned last year because <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, man, I don't know the NFL is as good as probably anybody I know besides my guy Sean Rainey and my guy Ryan Tutel. I'm sitting here getting annihilated because it is. It's way more about the numbers. So we'll continue to guide you, and we're not going to actually give you much of a suggestion or advice as much as just analyze the numbers and sort of teach you more about the way that all this stuff works. This is Presented, by the way, by Sports Bet Montana. If you want to go place bets anywhere in the state of Montana, go find yourself a Sports Bet Montana kiosk. They're available at all your favorite establishments. And uh, you can also download the Sports Bet Montana app as well and uh, have some fun, especially this NFL football season, uh, with all of the different ways that you can engage. Randy, one more question about last week, not even necessarily from a betting perspective, but just uh, overall uh, football analysis. What did you think of the uh, Los Angeles Rams, particularly Matt Stafford at the helm as a quarterback? He looks a little different when he's got uh, some guys to actually throw the ball to. Yeah, I thought the, the Rams were, uh, I mean, pretty impressive. Um, you know, if you have Cooper Cup on your fantasy team and some of those weapons, I think you're pretty happy. And um, he just fits what Sean McVay likes to do. They seem like they, you know, uh, coexist really, really well and are on the same mindset. And he, I mean, he might be able to unlock that offense um, to another level. Um, that we've seen. My my question is just, you know, they're a little bit thin um, as an entire roster. So as the season goes along, if they have some key injuries, it'll be interesting to see how they, they handle those. But, I mean, the Rams certainly look like, you know, one of the better teams in the NFC for sure after week one. We're going to save a lot of the games for this weekend because – I'll be swinging by SWX tonight uh, to record a Make It Rainy podcast, which will be available later this week with uh, on all your va- various podcast hosting platforms. So rather than uh, double up and waste people's time with multiple pieces of this sort of content, Sean, let's just continue talking about the league as a whole. I know we're only one week into this thing. What were some of your, your best bets and your best picks when it came to division winners i think that's one of the most fun things is putting together you know little three or four division parlays right uh or you know who's going to win which division and maybe you know just putting individual bets on those as well so what were some of the the ones you liked the most well i liked washington um and then ryan fitzpatrick gets hurt um so that one we'll have to (laughs) kind of wait and see dallas look pretty good in week one um so i'm not sure how much i feel about that one. Um, I usually don't do a ton though. Um, as far as, um, futures bets, I usually, they're very, they're kind of small ones. That, futures bets are fun. Cause like you can put a small amount down and then you can kind of just like root for that team or whatever throughout the year. But I don't like putting a ton because then like your whole, if you have a lot, then that's a lot of, you know, of your bankroll that's just like sitting there for months and months and months, you know, it's kind of one of the, the things in sports gambling is like, I, if I can have the money in my pocket now, I could use that each week to multiply and make more money than if it's just sitting there for three months. Um, so I, I liked Washington going in, um, but now with that injury, 
Um, not so much. Um, let's see here. Um, as far as divisions go, I mean, man, um, I did. I, I didn't have you know massive strong leans you know anywhere. I thought I thought Minnesota um, was a pretty good play um, as far as just for the value, but they looked bad in Week One as well. Um, so I didn't really I didn't really dive too much into the division winner market um, per se this year because. I just didn't really like some of the values. And a lot of these divisions are, are pretty close. And um, I, I think they're going to be fascinating races. And I just didn't really have a feel. Like the NFC West is loaded. I was like, any any of these teams could win the division. Any of them could be in last place. It's the kind of same like the AFC North with the Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bengals are improved. So it's like, man, I it, some of them are just kind of um, hard to see. And so I kind of just stayed away from division winners, to be honest. It's always fascinating, too, to see the way that uh, maybe the the teams that aren't quite division favorites but are certainly right there in the mix as maybe playoff squads, the way that they navigate their seasons. Because sometimes, like the Browns, for example, you have a lot of hype coming in, but you might not even be the best team in your division, even though people are thinking you might even compete for the conference title. Uh, another team that kind of falls in that is the Miami Dolphins. Are they contenders or pretenders? But from that sort of... Uh, angle Sean I guess we'll just go through some teams because let's start with the Dolphins are you a believer or not in the Miami Dolphins um well define believer like what like I think if we're talking like fringe playoff team um you know they'll be fighting for a wild card spot yeah I think they're that are they like um win the division and be like a top seed team no I don't I don't think they're they're that good um, you know, they had some turnover luck um, on Sunday. I, I still don't fully believe that Tua is like an upper echelon, top half, you know, 15 quarterback in the league. I think he's fine and okay. But um, I do like their coach. I like their defense, and they have some weapons and stuff. But I don't – I don't. the Dolphins don't scare me at all. Um, I, I think they're solid, but not, not upper echelon. I don't think they're a contender for a Super Bowl or anything like that. Denver Broncos had a big week in week one. Uh, what do you think of the Broncos? Um, I, they're probably right in that, in that Dolphins um, category for me. I mean, they have really good defense. They have good weapons. Um, Jerry Judy getting hurt kind of stinks for them. Um, I was looking forward to seeing how he did in year two. Um, and Bridgewater's just fine. I mean, he's not, he's not elite. He's not going to blow you away, but he's not going to lose you the game. Um, I, I think they're – maybe uh, a small tier below the Dolphins, um, but I think they're going to be right there in like the, you know, 8, 9, 10 win mark um, when it's all said and done, being, being a solid team that will probably be contending for the second wild card. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining me, Coulter Nuanez, right here on SWX as well as ESPN Radio in the city of Missoula around the great state of Montana. Sean's going to chime in throughout the week now he was co-hosting with me from stem to stern on wednesdays but we are busy he's running around doing all sorts of stuff for swx montana so he's gonna swing by when he can i'm gonna swing by over there at swx when i can and uh, we'll also be collaborating a little bit on the make it rainy podcast as well where you can find all your best bets and picks of the week when it comes to each week's nfl slate uh, another squad I want to ask you about last night, Sean, uh, excuse me, right now, but uh, last night a thriller between the Ra- Raiders and the Ravens, and the Raiders come out on top. So uh, big win for the Raiders, but uh, I like the Raiders. I always, I, I thought they were good uh, all offseason, but what do you think of, of the Las Vegas Raiders? 
Uh, I think they're okay. I don't think they're all that great. Um, you know, first first home game with fans inside their new stadium. You got a banged up Baltimore team. Um, the, the way to, you know, expose the Raiders is their defense is not very good. Although Max Crosby and their pass rest certainly looked improved, but I think a lot of that is, you know, I'm not – I think Lamar Jackson is very talented and has a lot of skills, but he's still not there as a passer, and he could not exploit the Raiders' defense like a, like other quarterbacks can. And the Raiders have a good offense, and, you know, they can move the ball. Their car looked pretty good, but, I mean, they were just targeting Waller the whole time, and the Ravens didn't really seem to make a, a ton of adjustments there. I – I am not really sold on the Raiders. I think they're probably, uh, you know, I don't think they finish over 500. Um, they make a lot of wacky coaching decisions too that that I don't that I don't like, and I think they're just in a tough division. I I think they're behind the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. So, I mean, at at best, I think they're winning three games within the division, if that. And so. Um, I mean, it was a fun game, fun atmosphere, but uh, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Raiders. Are the Vikings in trouble after their loss to the Bengals? Um, no, I'm not ready to, to abandon ship on the Vikings just yet. I, I like Zimmer as a coach, and I mean, they started out so bad last year um, and had all those injuries and stuff, and then they started playing a little bit better. I think that they'll figure it out. Um, I also think Cincinnati's a little bit improved as well. Um, and they kind of got, you know, that was kind of a tough spot for them. Um, so I'm not ready to, to jump ship on Minnesota yet. I think they'll, they'll kind of be, you know, like the Dolphins Broncos of the NFC. They'll be, a, you know, nine, nine, ten, eight with it eight-ish win team kind of competing for the wild card. Um, if all goes well and Zimmer can really get it turned around, then maybe they can compete with Green Bay for the division. But, I mean, certainly um, a little bit disappointing start for your boys. Uh, you couldn't have been you know, too excited with, with that start. I thought they'd be better, especially on the defensive end. But I'm not, I'm not giving up on Minnesota just yet. Me neither. The key stat line for the Vikings is always, as I've always argued, when Kirk Cousins throws for a bunch of yards like he did on Saturday, Vikings are going to lose because that means they're not handing the ball to their best player, one of the best players in the NFL, in Dalvin Cook. They actually did hand him the ball a little bit, but uh, Bengals were selling out on the run defense, and Cousins threw for 350-plus, but Dalvin Cook only had 61 yards. So does not bode well for um, – the Vikings, but I think they'll get that back on track because that's what Mike Zimmer wants to do, head coach for Minnesota. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining me, Coulter Nuanez here on Nuanez Now. Sean, I know that we're going to lay out all the best bets and all the best lines and analyze this whole thing on the Make It Rainy podcast, but just some games that maybe you have on the docket. First and foremost, you're probably stoked and, and uh, interested in the Chargers versus the Cowboys this weekend, I imagine. Yeah, that one's a, an interesting Cowboys at, at plus three. Um, I'll go over just a couple things real quick as far as, um, especially, you know, we're talking about this early in the week. There, there's kind of two things. Um, you want to try and get the best of the number, right? So the, the, the spread will come out early in the week, and, and then it's going to move throughout the week based on, um, you know, it, it getting attacked by professional bettors and the general public. And so what you want to try to do as a gambler is you want to have really good closing line value. So if you can get a number 
at, you know, let's say that, you know, the Saints are playing the Panthers and they are three and a half point favorites. And if you bet that now and you like the Saints at three and a half, you might get a whole lot of public money coming in on the Saints and that game closes at five, maybe, you know, six points at the most. And then you're sitting there at three and a half and, hey, you're looking pretty good. Like for me, last last week, I took the, the 49ers at seven and a half point favorites. I like them in that spot. The line got moved to, you know, eight and eight and a half in other places, and they won by eight. And so because I grabbed it early because I liked that number, then I won my bet, and the people that hopped on it late lost. Um, so it's finding those numbers that you think will change throughout the week because some of these are moving al- already. So, like, I kind of like Cincinnati as three-point underdogs on the road to Chicago, and that that's already at plus two and a half. And that, that half a point is crossing a key number. So you have those key numbers at, like, you know, three and seven and, you know, kind of four sometimes could be a key number. So if you're getting, you know, because obviously a field goal, you can win if, they're, if they lose by a field goal. Now a field goal, you know, beats you if you like Cincinnati. So if you I, – I don't advise locking in bets when the number was good and now it's not good. And so it's about being disciplined, finding good, good value in the numbers and, and going with plays that you think – the number might go in your favor throughout the week if you are going to bet it early, or if you think, like I, I kind of, you know, like, if you think that you like the uh, the Panthers against the Saints, then you could just wait and let that number get higher and higher, and then just take the the underdog. Um, the underdogs are twelve and four um, in week one, so there was a lot of lot of underdogs that were uh, doing very very well in the the first week. So it's just. Um, Try to figure out which way you think the line is going to move, and if you if you like it now, take it now. And if you want to wait on it, then uh, especially if you're kind of looking at an underdog perspective, then you can wait throughout the week and, and grab it later at a, at a better number. He's Sean Rainey. He's becoming an aficionado. This is great stuff, Rain Man. Gotta love it. We're going to do this each and every week here on Nuanas Now. You can also find all of our picks, commentary, bets, everything on the Make It Rainy podcast. So go check that out on all your various podcast hosting platforms. This segment presented in part by Sportsbet Montana. There's Sportsbet Montana kiosks at pretty much all your favorite locations that you like to go and watch sports at. You can also use the mobile app to make your bets as well. So head on down to a Sportsbet kiosk and to get some NFL bets in for the weekend. It'll be a fun time for you and and all of yours. So uh, no matter where you're at, there's usually a Sportsbet Montana kiosk close by sports bet montana kiosks are powered by the montana lottery rainy thanks for taking some time i know you're busy man and uh, we will catch up with you soon and i can't wait for the first make it rainy podcast with myself on there as well but in the meantime my man be well and uh, we'll talk to you soon sounds good man thanks for having me and last one is don't only do parlay that is how you lose and Coulter found that out last year see you my man so there you go, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, here on Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, and you're listening live on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Sean's from SWX Montana, as is our next guest, Alex Eshelman. She's doing a great job as a reporter over there in Bozeman for SWX Montana, and she'll join us once a week to give us an update on what's going on at Montana State, as well as the rest of the Gallatin Valley. It's the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. Here on Nuanas Now, right here. Keep it tuned to ESPN Radio.
Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The in-state recruiting battle kept ripping in the Treasure State as the Bobcats landed a trio of talented Montanans over the weekend, and high school football had another unpredictable Friday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Five of the first six in-state recruits to commit for the class of 2021 pledged to Bobby Houck's Montana Grizzlies. But over the weekend, Montana State swung back, landing three highly regarded prospects. First, Florence standout two-way lineman Ethan Abbott, who currently leads the top-ranked team in Class B and will play defensive line at MSU, gave his commitment. Then came the Dowler twins, Taco and Caden, a pair of electric and fast wide receiver and defensive backs out of Billings West High. Those three are among four Montana products committed to the Bobcats. The other is Burke Bastel, a lineman from Red Lodge. Montana currently holds commitments from Helena High quarterback Caden Hewitt, Helena linebacker Marcus Evans, Hamilton quarterback Tyson Rostad, Missoula Sentinel defensive end Zach Cruz, and Kalispell Glacier kicker Patrick Rohrbach. A pair of the most noticeable prep football results of the week came from two Western Montana Class B contenders. Fresh off a 52-0 win over defending state champion Manhattan, Florence Roy Old pass number seven, three forks, 43-0 on Friday. And Loyola, a team that did not score a touchdown last fall, won for the second time this season by outlasting the free-falling Tigers 20-14 in overtime. The biggest upset in the Class AA ranks Friday came when upstart Butte posted a 34-20 win over Hewitt and number two Helena High. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. What up, Montana? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back. Iwan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for kicking with us here on your Wednesday. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Radio and SWX. You can also tune in on YouTube or on the live stream. You want to give us a call or shoot us a text? Please do, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You're going to want to remember that because about 15 minutes, we're going to be giving away a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. All you got to do is either ask for some fancy football advice, give some fancy football advice, what fancy football questions, conundrums, whatever. What do you got? Start now. Start pouring them in, and we'll go over them here in about 15 minutes. But first, we have to get to another one of our new great segments, the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. She's a reporter in Bozeman for SWX Montana. She's doing a great job covering the Bobcats and all things Gallatin Valley sports. She made her debut at the Gold Rush, first time at Bobcat Stadium on Saturday on SWX Montana Television. 
Time now for the second edition of a great new segment we have here at Nuanez Now. It's the Montana State Minute with Alex Esserman. Alex is a reporter for our great partners here, SWX Montana Television, as well as ABC Fox Montana. And she, on the field level of Montana State's awesome 45-7 victory over Drake last weekend. So, Alex, let's start there. Your first gold rush experience, your first time on the sidelines at Bobcat Stadium, and I heard it was lit in Bozeman. So what did you think of gold rush? Oh my gosh, Coulter. It was everything that I could have imagined and more. I'd be coming to Bozeman in May of 2020 and just crossing my fingers for the football season to happen in 2020, which of course it didn't. It eventually got canceled for Montana State in the spring. So to finally be there, you could feel the energy and the buildup Starting on about Wednesday, really Thursday, and then Friday, I felt like everybody, there was this anxiousness feeling in the air. And the next day, I came a little bit early just to go, you know, talk to fans and kind of experience the game day atmosphere before I had to get on the field. And people were saying they they had been out there since the crack of dawn. I Once I got into the stadium, it was so loud. It was louder than I expected it to be. Uh, I don't know why, but it was way louder than I expected it to be. And not one person was without a gold t-shirt on. So pretty incredible experience to say the least. You went to the University of Arizona. So you have been in Pac-12 stadiums. How did that compare? It was right up there. I mean, Unfortunately, as you know, U of A has not been the shining star of the Pac-12 by any means in recent years. Um, So the attendance rate took a downhill uh, tumble a little bit in my my years of being there. But, I mean, I had been to – I I was fortunate able to uh, travel to Oregon, to UCLA, to Washington – and I would put it up there against any of those. I mean, I, I don't think that at the end of the day, it really comes down to the number of seats that there are. It, it, what matters is how many people attend the game and their energy level. And Montana State is right up there. Let's talk about the game. Like you mentioned, Brent Vegan, his first victory as Montana State's head coach. It's against a team from the Pioneer Football League. It's a non-scholarship program. But Drake San Diego, who's also coming to Bozeman this weekend, they're the better teams in the in the Pioneer Football League. They have football tradition. They usually have FCS-quality players that just chose to go to a non-scholarship school because of the academic opportunities at those two institutions. But all that mm-hmm. said, you can only play who's on your schedule, and you can only dominate to the level that you can dominate too. But Montana State, pretty dominant, particularly in the first half. So what did you think of the action on the field? Uh, action was absolutely electric. I think more so uh, in the second half, Coach Vegan was a little more pleased with the way that his team finished and uh, just performed on both sides of the ball. But when the game first started, I re- the past game is what is really standing out to me about this game in particular. Uh, I think that's something, I mean, you know this culture, that's something that Bobcat fans have kind of wanted to see a little bit more of, and we definitely got that in this game. I think we had a good uh, view of Matthew McKay. He was awesome. I thought his connection... Lance McCutcheon makes it even better that he's a Bozeman native. Willie Patterson, so great to see him dominate on um, on Saturday as well, especially because he's battled some injuries the past couple of years. So that is what really 
stood out to me. Um, I thought the run game was okay offensively. I think maybe it could have been a, a little bit better. Uh, and Isaiah Fonte even said that in his uh, presser this week. He said it was okay, and um, and he'd like to see a, a little bit more happen there. But pass game to me is what really stands out offensively from this game. What about you? I think it's so fascinating to me because when you have passionate fan bases, and, and make no mistake about it, I think Montana State and Montana have two of the most passionate fan bases in the entire country. And I think that the fact that uh, you mentioned the Bobcat Stadium's up there with Pac-12 uh, schools in terms of just ferocity and volume and all that, it's true. I've been to a lot. I mean, I've been to Utah, I've been to Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, mm-hmm. and I mean, Montana and Montana State, they have a couple of the best home venues that you can find, and, and people just love it. But I also find it fascinating that people seem to pine for whatever the identity of their team is not. In other words, Montana State was the best rushing team in the Big Sky Conference during the Jeff Choate era. They put a high priority on it. They didn't really have any ambition to throw the ball. They just wanted to run it down your throat, play defense, and just beat other teams up. And they did it really, really well, especially in Choate's last two seasons. But it always left people wanting more. More from the quarterbacks. More from the quarterback play. More from the passing game. Well, now, it seems like you got a quarterback-oriented coach, an offensive-minded coach, and Brent Vegan. think you got a really creative play caller and Taylor House right. Montana State has to get a bunch of players involved in the pass game. I think 11 different Bobcats caught passes on Saturday. Yep. And what are we hearing? Well, we wish the run game was better. Why isn't Isaiah Fonte rushing for 150 yards a game? So I, I just think it's funny <laughs> <laughs> to hear the, the sort of feedback because you, you always want what you don't have or what you can't have. But all that said, um, I think that totally. Mamakay is good and I think he has an ability to get a lot better. I think he has a lot higher ceiling than he's even showing right now. Willie Patterson's always been one of my favorite guys on the team just because I think he has a great story. Uh, he was sort of this urban legend coming out of high school in Tacoma and a guy that was clearly an electric athlete but he's just battled injuries for so long and also each time he does get nicked up he falls behind a guy named Coy Steele who's one of the hardest working guys on the team so he's always hard to beat out once Patterson has been you know back in the fold healthy oh well that leads me to my next question but Alex Usherman joining us on Nuana's Now Montana State Minute one of our new segments here on ESPN Radio uh Willie Patterson caught a pair of touchdowns Alex and uh one of which he did a backflip afterwards and he kind of got in the doghouse for that. <laughs> and I know that Coach Vegan's trying to make a point uh, in terms of, you know, making it not about an individual, making it about the team. But all that said, just knowing Willie P a little bit, knowing, you know, just the charismatic guy he is, I wasn't surprised at all he did a backflip. Of course he did. He's like new age James Brown. He's always out there on the sidelines dancing. So I thought it was great. So regardless, but what'd you think just in general of Willie Patterson's contributions? Oh my gosh, Coulter. I couldn't agree more. And I understand completely um you know the whole point of celebrating as a team and not drawing attention to yourself football is all about the team it, you know it's about it, it's a it's a collective group working together he wouldn't have been able to to score that touchdown or get into the end zone if it weren't weren't for his o-line if it weren't for matt mckay you know if it weren't for everybody else doing their job but um you know, I love seeing it, and I thought it was amazing seeing that up close in person. After the run that he had, that 31-yard touchdown, turns around and does a backflip and lands so effortlessly. I was like, what the heck? It took me years to get a standing backflip <laughs> for cheerleading. And this guy not only just scores a touchdown, sprints into the end zone, but turns around and just flips into the air like no problem. So I get it. I totally get where Coach Vegan was coming from. He was not happy about it. And I think that just 
speaks so much more to Coach Vegan as a coach and just as a person. He's so selfless in that remark and so about the team. He doesn't like to draw attention to himself or to any one particular player. It's a collective effort. And so I get it. But I remember talking to Willie Patterson in Media Day Coulter and he made a comment to me and it wasn't a it wasn't a cocky comment by any means, but he said to me, he's like, you know what? I have battled injuries. I've I've paid my dues. I've pushed through adversity. It's Willie P's time. And so when he said that, I'm like, it is Willie P's time. When he did that backflip, I loved it. Totally agree. Let the kids have some fun. It's Montana State Minute. Alex Esserman from SWX Montana joining us here. Nuana is now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television on SWX Montana. And the last thing I want to ask you about, Alex, not necessarily in terms of the analysis of the performance, but more the mentality of the guys. I think that interviewing Amandre Williams and Trey Webb this week, as well as hearing from Ty mm-hmm. Okada, Daniel Hardy in the post game, they all said totally. basically the same thing, that they're – happy with the defensive performance so far, but that it's the expectation. And I feel like that's the the key storyline for Montana State right now is not necessarily that they're playing lights out defense, but that they're expecting to, and that that's the standard. So, I mean, you, you've talked to these guys. First of all, how great are Daniel Hardy and Ty Okada? I mean, all these guys are so great to interview, right? Oh, my gosh. The best. The best culture. You're in there with all of them every single week, and there's really not one guy, really, that I can pinpoint um, that – they don't speak well, that they can't interact with the media or interact with people and just have a conversation. Um, and not only that, but on top of it, they have let their personality shine, which in particular, Daniel Hardy, I love talking to Daniel Hardy because he's so, he's just excited. He has an energy and um, has an aura about him that gets you excited to not only talk about the defense, but talk about his performance, the overall game, the guys. Um, And I I couldn't agree more. I think that there is a very high expectation for this team this year, and it's a really unique one because, as we know, 2019 was their best season as a program since 1984 when they won the whole thing. Uh, So, and a, a bunch of those same guys are still on the team, but they faced so much with a new coaching staff with COVID with not being able to play in nearly two years. So it's this weird balance, but I think that it just speaks so much to the culture of the program and the culture that coach vegan has, uh, you know, taken from coach Choate's time and even, you know, kept that expectation and, and made it that much better too. So I'm excited to see where the rest of the year goes. I'm excited to see how they perform against the University of San Diego as well. I think it'll be a little tougher matchup uh, than, than Drake. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Dale Lindsay at San Diego is uh, one of the veteran coaches in the country. I mean, he's been a football mm-hmm. coach in some capacity since 1961. He, uh, and he's also going to join us here on our ESPN Roundtable, our, our number two here on Nuanas now. But Dale Lindsay coaching the NFL for 27 years. So he'll have uh, good players. They've been a playoff team multiple times in a row out of the Pioneer Football League. So I definitely think San Diego will be a little bit more of a test for Montana State uh, as they have one last tune-up before Big Sky Conference play. She's Alex Eshelman. It's our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas now. One last thing for you, Alex. What do you got going on there at SWX Montana? Anything cool or fun? Anything good features you're working on? Any content that you hope people uh, are getting ready to enjoy? Definitely. Always. Always, Coulter, always. But right now, really, I was just uh, talking to, um, I forget who I was talking to about this, but 
earlier this week, I was saying this is kind of, in a way, um, a, a rookie fall season for me again because last year I didn't have to balance, uh, you know, Montana State fall sports season along with high school. So last year I was focusing so much more on high school. This year everything is in full swing again. Um, So a lot of just live game coverage going on for me. Not too many features, but I will say one that I'm hoping to highlight um, and I'm not sure if you know this, but it is put out there. Taylor Tuiasasopa, he he is, um, and I apologize if I mispronounced his last name. That is a mouthful. But he, off the field, of course, big-time O-lineman for Montana State, but off the field, he's an artist He in, in terms of he's a musician. Uh, he is a rapper, and so I'm hoping to kind of, uh, talk to him a little bit and hear a little bit more uh, about his passion off the field. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Very good. I've listened to a couple of Taylor Tuiasasopo's mixtapes. He's talented and uh, he's a great guy, man. Really well-rounded. Comes from a great family. People around the Northwest, very familiar with that last name because Marcus mm-hmm. Tuiasasopo, great quarterback for the Washington Huskies, mm-hmm. led him in the Rose Bowl back in 2000. I know Taylor's dad, he played his ball at USC and rest in peace to him. I know he passed away right. during the offseason, so I know that's been something mm-hmm. that Taylor's been going through. But that would be a great feature story, Alex, and I know people will look very much forward to it. Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana, as part of our Montana State Minute. Thanks so much for joining us, Alex, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, as always, Coulter. Such a pleasure and a privilege to be on your show. And uh, let's head into week three. Let's do it. So there you go. Appreciate Alex making the time. I know she's really busy, but fun having her on the radio. She's doing a great job there over in Bozeman. And uh, always great to cross-promote with all of our great colleagues over there at ABC Fox as well as SWX Montana Television. Keep the fantasy football texts coming in. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You text us, we give you fantasy football advice, you're entered to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's Wing It Wednesday, so hit us up. 888-1029, that's 406-888-1029. You can call or text, ask us what you want to know about fantasy football, or give your best fantasy football advice. No matter what, you correspond with us, you get entered to win a basket of 12 wings from the Despo, the best wings in the city of Missoula. Fantasy football on Nuanas Now, next. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. 
SWX Montana Television. If you're watching on TV and you see me running back and forth, it's because I realize I probably can't give that applicable of fancy football uh, analysis or advice unless I got my fancy football rosters and uh, got my computer in front of me. So I was just going back and forth. I'm Coulter Nuanas, by the way, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. They also are available online, nwmsrocks.com. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. I also had to grab my phone because we got a new uh, system here, which means, by the way, it's time now for a Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Shout out to the King of Wings for always being such a great supporter of this show. If you have not gone and tried the Despo Wings, I know there's a ton of new people in Missoula. We hope this show is sort of a roadmap towards the best of the best in Missoula. And the Despo definitely has the best wings. So go check them out. If you never had them before, you're going to want to try them. If you have had them before, you're going to want to go back. But what we're doing now for Wing It Wednesday is giving you fancy football advice and uh, taking your texts, your calls. So one Give us a call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. If you have questions, comments, advice, need advice, who to play, who to sit, call us. That will give you the, the our advice. But also, we will uh, get you entered for your chance to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Interesting week, week one, as always. Fantasy football is such a non-sweet science. So it is uh, it's a little tough to navigate, especially early in the year. And you never know who's going to get hurt. You never know who's going to rise up and who's not. But a couple notes uh, from some premier players that maybe are on your squads. Uh, first of all, I would suggest going and finding some national writers on Twitter that report about injuries. Adam Schefter from ESPN is a good one, but there's several good ones out there. Getting specific and up-to-date news about who's in, who's out, that's going to be helpful for you. So you can go hit the waiver wire. You can see who you need to add to your squad. But a couple pieces of injury news. Odell Beckham Jr. for the Cleveland Browns has been ruled out against the Houston Texans. So that's a guy that most leagues have on somebody's roster. Rasheem Mostert, who uh, will likely get a lot of carries for the San Francisco 49ers. He's also now been moved to injured reserve. Uh, torn ACL. Uh, for Shane Verrett, which uh, Jason Verrett, excuse me, he's a cornerback. Um, so maybe that's something for the for the uh, to, to think about in terms of the defense of the 49ers, although I don't really know if I'd take injuries into account for defensive stuff as much. But it's definitely something to know. Also, Ryan Fitzpatrick from the Washington football team is out six to eight weeks, and Jerry Judy from the Denver Broncos being reported as out from four to six weeks. So there's a couple... Pieces of uh, of injury news for you, for your fantasy football squad. If you want fantasy football advice or you have advice or you have uh, questions, comments, commentary, whatever, give us a call. Let us know what you think. We'll get you all entered in for a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Uh, one piece, uh, here's another thing that I would always emphasize to people is you're not always going to have a banner 25, 30-point day from your premier players, but don't make, let that make you waffle. Sometimes you got to play the long game with guys, and you'll get the results more often than not. For example, Dalvin Cook 
from the Minnesota Vikings, one of the top drafted players in the NFL uh, in, in fantasy football. He's certainly one of the top five, not just backs, but probably fantasy football picks in the entire league. He only had 61 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals in an overtime loss by the Vikings. But you got to ride it with him because while he's healthy, he's he's a 100-yard game waiting to happen. I mean, he's going to rush for 12 to 1,400 yards and 10 to 14 touchdowns if he can stay healthy. He also catches the ball in the backfield well. So guys like him, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, the, the true bell cow type backs, I wouldn't really ever screw around with taking them out of your lineup unless they're injured. So uh, just keep, keep it fresh. Whatever, maybe you have a play where you can bump them to a flex or maybe you can get a guy in because of a good matchup. But most often, those guys that you picked with your first or second or third even round picks, you're going to probably want to ride with those guys when healthy at all times. And sometimes it'll be a, a roller coaster, some ebbs and flows. But that's just the way it goes. You, you spent your money, you spent your draft capital on those guys. So uh, just let it ride. I mean, like Justin Herbert, for example, pretty good fantasy value, pretty good fantasy quarterback. But he did not have a big week in week one. But if you got him, I'd, I'd keep riding with him because he has big uh, potential uh, always. And uh, you just have to think. He's going to throw two, three touchdowns most oftentimes out. So that's going to definitely uh, help you out. Another guy that I think is sort of one of my sleepers, so I think is, is a little bit better than most people think he is. I know that there was a, a little bit of a devaluation of Josh Jacobs at Alabama who plays for the Las Vegas Raiders because of the signing of Kenyon Drake. Drake was a thousand yard back last year in Arizona. He's a starting NFL guy, uh, but I still think Jacobs is the premier guy there. And I think that once he establishes himself as the better of the two backs, he'll become sort of a bell cow for John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. So he's a guy I definitely keep my eye on. Another guy that I've seen available on some waiver wires, who I think is going to continue to uh, increase in his exposure um, and his touches is Miles Gaskin from the Miami Dolphins. He played about 70% of their offensive snaps a year ago, and I think that he has a chance to kind of be the guy. Probably the guy that I was the most frustrated with having on my bench, but it's always retrospect. I mean, hindsight's 2020. 20 uh, is Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers. He battled injuries all year last year. I didn't know what his health was going to be like coming into this year, but he went off last week. He had a great opener for the 49ers. That said... The 49ers are not going to be rolling up 41 points every week. They want to play a more defensive and run-oriented type of football. So I don't know if he'll be... And they were also trying to hold off a surging Detroit Lions team. So um, they... I I don't think... Just because the Niners are not going to score that many points all the time, Devo Samuel might not score as many fantasy points, but I still think he looked healthy. So if he's a guy you got, he's definitely a guy that could be a a wide receiver two or even flex spot. But I do think that he's going to get touches. He is one of the go-to guys for that um, San Francisco 49ers squad. The other guy, when you're looking at guys that maybe had a, a little bit of a surprising week one who could be a good value play, is Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if the Eagles are going to be as good as they looked in week one in their lambasting of the Atlanta Falcons. But I do think that Hurts is a big play threat. I think that uh, he's a dual threat. And I also think that because the Eagles will likely be up and down this year, they're going to get into a lot of games where they're rallying from behind. And even, you know, I'm always scrutinizing big time the overrating of quarterbacks based on statistical production. But if you're playing fantasy football, you're trying to win, you're trying to beat your friends, you're trying to win money. Sometimes the guys that play for the up and down mediocre teams that are always having to rally back from deficits are actually the ones 
you want on your squad because they're going to give you a chance to throw for a heck of a lot more yards. They're not necessarily going to be managing games. You know, that said, obviously the Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilsons and um, Aaron Rodgers of the world, <laughs> Sands last week, that is, for A-Rodge, are going to be guys. They're going to be uh, go-to guys for you no matter what. But um, sometimes quarterbacks on mediocre teams are actually uh, as good as it gets for uh, fantasy football. It's Nuance Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana television. Uh, we do have an a inquiry from a listener. Uh, the the qu- question at play is, who would you rather play? Ben Roethlisberger, who is at home this week against the Las Vegas Raiders, or Josh Allen? Uh, the Buffalo Bills play at the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think Josh Allen is one of the better players in the NFL. It's a good question, though, because I think these two teams are the two teams uh, that are coming off of – so the Steelers rallied to beat the Bills last week. Will the Steelers come back down to earth after beating one of the preseason Super Bowl favorites? I'm not sure, but they're back at home, and they have the Las Vegas Raiders coming to town who are coming off of a big Monday night football win uh, over the Baltimore Ravens. Which one of those two teams is going to have a downgrade? I'm not sure. But then you look at the other matchup, Buffalo going on the road at Miami. I think Buffalo is going to bounce back in a big way. I think Josh Allen has a chance to put up a bunch of, of numbers. That said, though, Xavier Howard, one of the best defensive players in the league. Miami's really good defensively. So even though if we're talking about bets and stuff, like if we're talking about picks in games, I'm taking Buffalo against Miami all day. But Miami does have a much better defense than Las Vegas, and I do think that uh, Pittsburgh's going to be able to get the ball out early and often with Big Ben. So even though I would pick the Bills to win the game, and I do think that the Bills have a chance to go off offensively, I still think it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger at home versus the Las Vegas Raiders as your better play. That's it for this week's Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Thanks for all the feedback and the input, and uh, keep those fantasy football questions coming. We'll get you all entered in for a dozen wings of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, the best wings in the city of Missoula. A man that has lived a life of football and a man who has never owned a computer, Dale Lindsay, the head coach of the San Diego Toreros, our ESPN Roundtable. Keep it right here. Nuan is now. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 